Hello, hello, and welcome to the Awesome in Seattle podcast. This is Christian Awesome with the Awesome and Awesome group here in Seattle. And today I'm I'm with, as always, the beautiful... Sarah Kate Davis. Jason Saldariaga, as always. <laughs> Charlotte Reynolds. And we are the Awesome and Awesome group. We are a group of local Seattle area real estate agents, and we love Seattle. We love to talk about it. We love to talk about how awesome things are. And today we love to talk about water intrusion and how you can uh, really deal with it, manage it, and hopefully prevent it. So that's what this episode is all about. Uh, We also have a very special guest coming in. Uh, We have Mr. Dan Keller, branch manager at Cross Country Mortgage in Edmonds. He's going to tell us all about mortgage rates, kind of give us an update on what the heck is happening with all the coronavirus stuff. It's actually impacted the economy quite a bit, and it's improving real interest rates. Um, So it's going to be interesting to get his take on on what's going on with that. So uh, first off, let's kind of go over water intrusion and why it happens. So Sarah Kate, let's kind of go over why this occurs sometimes. I would say the most common reason are that downspouts empty straight into the foundation. And that's a problem because it wears down your foundation. So the solution for that would be to get uh, a solution that will push the water down away from your foundation. So extending your downspout. Um, what are those little feet called it? I don't even know what they're called. I don't even called. know what they're called either. I think either. feet's a pretty good name for them. Yeah. I'm going to call it a, call it a downspout foot. It <laughs> 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 helps push the water yeah. away from your house. Mm-hmm. Uh, drains can also get backed up, so that can cause quite a problem. And I heard this happened at your house. Oh, Christian. man. Tell when us we a had bit that, about it. We had that crazy record rain in, was it like mid-December, right before Christmas, uh, I don't remember. Do you guys remember how many inches we had in like a 24-hour period? It was record-breaking. It was crazy. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure I didn't get out of bed that entire period. <laughs> You're lucky. Why? Sad. Meanwhile, I'm shop vacuuming, wet-dry vacuuming water out of my basement uh, every two hours throughout the night. So, yeah. Thanks, Charlotte, for rubbing it in. Gosh. Sorry. Anyways, uh, so my house is a 50s level or kind of two-story house. It's got a basement. Um, The driveway from the street angles down to the garage. So basically, there's a big giant ramp leading to our garage. Great for rain to flow down. We have a trench drain that was installed before we uh, bought the house. And it's the entire length of the two-car garage. Um, It's newer. I mean, just by looking at it, you can tell it's newer. For whatever reason, it got backed up. Um, Apparently, either, this is my theory, either it was never actually connected to the side sewer or they did connect it and the, the concrete pipe broke. So it started to fail to drain. So we actually went on the little Santa train uh, for the day. We came back home, looked at our garage, and it was completely flooded. And it was all because of the dang drain. So I noticed you guys have uh, quite the sandbag collection stacked up there now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So even with, so I immediately went and got a ton of sandbags, put it in front, and even with that, it didn't stop the rain because oh, it was wow. pooling up so fast. And it, uh, we're remodeling that basement and it flooded the whole thing. So we had to start over. Um, we had a bunch of 
yeah, it was bad news bears. So, well, we will talk about how you can prevent these things from exactly. happening later on. I'll tell Stay you what tuned. I did <laughs> as well. Yeah. Uh, other reasons pipes can burst. Uh, so it's great to winterize your pipes. You can do this by insulating them with a little foam heat tape and just kind of keeping an eye. If it gets really cold and you're traveling, turn the water supply off. There's, um, there's things you can do for this. Toilet seals can erode. I would say this is a pretty common one, and there's it's an easy fix. You just yeah. replace the wax ring under the toilet. It's and like a um, $5 part. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to even call or hire anyone to do it. You guys mm-hmm. can DIY that yourselves. Yeah. Very simple. Yeah. Uh, natural springs in your backyard. Mm-hmm. What do you guys know about natural springs? I got another story about that. A different, <laughs> a different house that I owned on North Beacon Hill. Obviously a hill, because it's mm-hmm. North Beacon Hill. Um, and we kept having just a little bit of water coming in on the back side of the foundation in the basement and couldn't understand why because the downspouts are all pushed away. Everything We're doing everything right. And I'm like, why is this happening? So I dug a little trench and I was like, okay, there's nothing here. I kept digging. I kept digging and more and more like the ground kept getting wetter and yeah. wetter. About six feet down, found a natural spring that's just going down the hillside. I'm sure geography or geological Jason over here. Jason. What was your geological <laughs> Jason? What was your degree? Hydrology? Hydrology, yeah. Yeah, you probably understand why exactly that happened. I think there was like a layer of clay mm-hmm. right before that, so the water was hitting the clay, couldn't. Couldn't drain, go anywhere, so coming down the, yeah. the slope, yeah. Yep. Taking the easiest path. Exactly. Path of least resistance. Yep. So I had to dig a six-foot deep uh, trench drain around the back of my house so that the water would stop there around the foundation and go to the sides of the house. Fun you must times be really good estate. at digging trenches by now. <laughs> I am so good at digging trenches right now. Nice. So good have. that I don't want to do it ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, water can also come in from the roof, you guys. Mm-hmm. So if we're having a crazy storm, like the one Christian described earlier, if it's raining super hard, the wind is whipping, water can seep through ceiling fans. So that's another area yeah, to, to look yeah. out for. Yeah, or anything, really. Um, my girlfriend is having this problem at her house at the moment, and it went unnoticed for so long. The water was leaking through the roof that now it started to damage the walls, and it's like shooting all the way down the wall so they're mm-hmm. gonna have to have a big roof project coming up this summer and yeah it's like a water feature in it's your house you turn it on it like house. sprays a fountain with <laughs> not fun <laughs> not fun at all speaking of signs of water damage like mm-hmm. running down the wall charlotte let's talk about that yeah so when looking at houses there's you know a few things that you can look for um, and actually, sometimes buying in the winter is kind of in your favor. Most people hate to buy in the winter because there's, as Jason says, like three seconds of daylight on any given day. In Seattle. Um, in Seattle, yeah. But there are some advantages to that. Um, you know, you can see if and when water is coming into a house pretty easily. So one of those is, you know, pretty obvious, just water stains. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see those, like, if the roof is leaking, you know, pay attention to, like, corners and things like that. Um, Bubbling. Yes, bubbling, like uh, flooring in particular, like in bathrooms and stuff, it's really easy to tell if there's leaks there. Um, And then another one is efflorescence, 
which is a white powdery substance that you see generally on the walls, sometimes on the floors as well. Um, and what it is, it's the minerals and salt in the concrete that's being pushed out by water coming in. So when that water evaporates, that is uh, what's residual from that. Um, that so, sounded amazing. That was an amazing description. Thanks. That was. She's very good at describing things. I know. You always Such tell her that. Such a good teacher, I know. Thanks a lot. I You're appreciate welcome. your feedback. <laughs> so you Please usually leave me see a comment that, though, card. You usually see that, though, like in the basement on a cement foundation wall. You're not yeah. going to see that efflorescence on like drywall or something like That's that. That's right. Yeah. Okay, yep. Got it. Um, another big one that people generally notice right away when you walk into a house is smell. Um, so sometimes agents will kind of trick you and put in lots of nice, smelly good things and air fresheners. Mm-hmm. Um, so try to pay attention to see, you know, if one room has like more so of that. Like a damp than smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like really just damp and kind of gross, kind of like mildewy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big one. You'll also sometimes notice like there's a product, I think it's called Dampex or something like that. And it's like a little plastic container, like about the size of like a margarine container or something like that. And it tries to suck in the moisture in the air. Mm, Yep, I've Uh, seen those at Home Depot. Yeah, exactly. So you'll spot those like hidden kind of around the basement sometimes. So if you notice that, that's a sign that something might be going on as well. And to be clear, like you see this, it's not like, oh my God, don't buy the house. It's Oftentimes it's just a a homeowner that has not put in the... not Sometimes very minimal work exactly. to, to fix something. So yeah. And then another one is basement designs that might try to cover up damage. A big one is people painting their basements, which is sure like to to the naked eye a good cover up, but if there is efflorescence down there you can just like, you know, you know, rub your hand against the wall and that will just come like straight off even if it's painted over. Mm-hmm. Um and I guess too like sometimes staging maybe i would say you know if they're yeah. like putting rugs down there in the basement or something you know, yes it's always to to good up. to look underneath <laughs> yeah. staging yeah. rugs <laughs> you never know what you're gonna find sometimes yeah. nothing mm-hmm. hopefully sometimes nothing. nothing yeah yeah those are good uh good signs of how to spot water damage um so let's say that you have water damage what the heck do you do now jason you freak out <laughs> <laughs> You run, burn the house down. Uh, yeah, burn the house. <laughs> Start all over. Rebuild. You ru- you ignore it. You run away and just don't think about it. Mm-hmm. No, uh, you know I I do want to say this is a benefit of getting a good agent because we have a lot of referrals. Um, and apparently, I have a lot of experience. Yeah, <laughs> oftentimes experience. Uh, so we're more than happy to help. So you can always reach out to us. But the, generally, you want to deal with the problem before calling somebody. There's something more immediate that you need to do. So the first thing you want to do is find the source of the leak. Um, oftentimes, we've discussed some sources already. Other ones are like water tanks, water heaters that are they can leak they can rupture very slowly or very suddenly my brother-in-law he woke up one day and like basically his first floor was flooded um his water tank just leaked over like a few hours water tanks generally last 12 to 15 years ish you might see ones longer than that especially if they're in like climate controlled areas like in in the interior of a house um but after that point you definitely want to keep your eyes peeled for um any rust or that signs of wear on the water tank because yeah. again they can rupture really suddenly and cause a lot of damage and they generally do give signs like indications hey something's going on so if you're not paying attention you're going to miss those but if you pay attention even just 
once a year, look at your water heater just to see if you see any signs of rust or something. You'll be able to spot it before it happens. Yep, and you can put like a drain pan around the mm-hmm. water, tank water tank that yeah. can help. Um, they so even have there alarms are, that yeah. go off. If I, I got an alarm. They're, yeah. they're like, you can get them for less than $50. They connect to Wi-Fi, so they mm-hmm. not only go off, but they'll text and email you. So it's pretty nice. I have one. Um, another source is like a wa- broken water pipe, especially on the exterior of a house. So something that people don't realize, uh, the area in a pipe that ruptures is actually not where the ice is. What happens is the water freezes and it increases the air pressure. So it pushes the air and it's in the generally where the air is that it bursts. So people always think, oh, it bursts where the water expanded because it froze. That's not actually true generally. Um, there's a lot of videos on YouTube about this. <laughs> Jason's watched all of them. <laughs> I, I was like, myth? That is a myth. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I didn't know that. Yeah. That's good to know. All right. So you found the source. Now there's water in your basement or in your house or whatever. So we need to deal with that. This is where you start freaking out. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You don't freak out. Uh, you want to make sure, you, you know, towels come in. You want to mop it all, all up as quickly as possible. Dry it out. The longer the water sits, the higher the chance that there's going to be mold. There, there's going to be, it's going to penetrate farther into the wood and really like distort it. And maybe you'll have to replace it entirely instead of rem, uh, remediation in some way. Um, wet dry vacs are very handy here. This mm-hmm. is something that like a lot of homeowners probably should just have. They're not that hand. expensive either. As a like homeowner, seventy five bucks, seventy yeah, bucks, even cheaper Lows. than that. Often, yeah, just have one. Yeah, they're, yeah, it can multi use exactly. I mean, I literally use that every two hours that night that the rain was just crazy, just vacuuming up water and then dumping it out where it wasn't next to my house. Have the kids help with their little kid shovels? They did. They did. They would help with the vacuuming too. They loved it. They had fun with it. Um, If you want to go a step further, so you can always call a water damage remediation company. We see these uh, cars all over the city and you might not know what they actually do. So like ServPro, Mm -hmm. Roto-Rooter, like Pure Dry. These are companies that most of their business is uh, water damage remediation. So they are available 24 seven, you call them, they can come out really quickly and provide the tools and the equipment that that we're discussing here. So you can buy it yourself, it may be like a wet dry vac, you might have that on hand, but if you need something like a dehumidifier, which can come in handy for uh, drying out the area after you remove all the water or even an industrial fan and whatnot, that can, be provided by these companies you know if you react quickly you can definitely slow down the damage yeah but most of the time people just freak out yeah and those companies that help with that they'll usually work with your insurance company um for cost and all that stuff so just something to keep in mind and then also like when that happened to my house i just went to home depot and rented one of those big industrial carpet fans um i think it was 25 bucks a day uh and then you can also rent dehumidifiers from them as well so they're pretty inexpensive for what it is um it's not like you need to buy those you can just rent them so um anything else about what to do when it happens no that's uh, there's a lot more each situation is going to be different but that's in a nutshell cool you know don't freak out try to get uh, the dam the water under control as quickly as possible Mm -hmm. try to remove it as quick as possible and uh move on from there going from there so let's talk about prevention because that's what we really should be, you know, if this ever happens to you, then you want to prevent it. And if it hasn't happened to you, maybe you should take some of these steps 
to learn what to do so that you don't have to worry about it. So um, I was just telling the team, I went to a real estate investing meeting a couple weeks ago and it was an interesting meeting because they had a bunch of house flippers slash people that fix up houses and keep them as rentals on a panel discussing their biggest tips and regrets of what they did and didn't do in the past. And one of their biggest ones was anytime a house has a basement, they now always, all four of the people on the panel said this, they now will always add an water, a waterproofing system to the basement because they've all had it fail and then they have to tear everything out and start all over when they finish off the basement. So what a waterproofing system consists of, and this can vary per house, you don't always have to do all these things, but essentially there is on the wall, you put this uh, really hard plastic membrane that has little, uh, like almost like little cups or indents in it. You put that along the wall. So if any water comes in through the cement foundation, it hits this hard plastic membrane it runs down that at the bottom of the wall where it meets the floor, you can install an interior French drain system. It's usually about six to eight inches wide. It's about six to 12 inches deep. Um, and it's essentially a pipe that's a perforated pipe um, that collects the water and runs it down to a sump pump. And then the sump pump is basically, it's like a two to three foot deep uh, bucket and there's a machine in the bottom of it that when, just like in your toilet tank, when the little bubble uh, is raised up from the water level increasing, once it reaches a certain height, the pump kicks on, it pumps the water out of the bucket where all the water has collected and pumps it outside the house. So uh, I think it's important to observe that what you're saying is not rem- preventing the water from entering. Exactly. What what the the current state of all of this is, uh, where we're currently at right now is actually accepting that water will intrude into the basement and dealing with it. So, not encouraging it, but also not stopping it. People in the past, you can put like epoxies and stuff on the basement walls mm-hmm. and that sort of thing to prevent the water from coming through. But those often fail. There's shocking amounts of pressure yeah. uh, forcing that water through, and so I think you know a common construction guideline now is to accept that the water will come and direct it accordingly so then exactly. you build kind of this this fake this false wall within the basement mm-hmm. that's like a centimeter wide basically where the water will drip down and then collect into a sump pump that it'll, it'll then be pumped out and then lastly sump pumps you know a lot of people think well that's a great idea but then a lot of times when you have water damage it's a bad rainstorm there's wind you lose power these pumps can be battery operated mm-hmm so that's very important uh, depending on your situation and the capacity of the sump pump you might want to invest into something that is upgrade it to something that is battery operated i totally agree that's a great point jason um there are companies that will do this all for you obviously numerous of those companies actually have lifetime warranties or guarantees so if it does ever fail they'll come out and repair it um so just look into that uh, like Jason said, there are also chemicals that you can apply. There's one that's hilarious called the impregnator. Um, it basically, <laughs> it's like live crystals that you paint onto the cement. And when water hits it, the crystals grow and fill the gap uh, between the cement and try to stop the water. That's one method as well. But 
another way you could do it too is like Charlotte was saying, I believe it was Charlotte saying, um, you know, you want, or maybe it was Sarah Kate saying that you want to remove the water from even reaching the, the basement wall. So you push it away as far as you can from the house. Another thing you could do is buy one of those cisterns, the big giant, usually they're maroon colored, but they're all sorts of different colors. Um, and all the downspouts go into that. Then you can reuse that water in the summer um, to water your plants, water your yard, whatever you want to water. Um, but that's another way to assist in very stopping green. the water. Yeah, very green. Very no green Seattle. Seattle. So now that you understand how to prevent water intrusion from happening, uh, and you understand why it happens, let's uh, let's bring in a special guest, the one and only Mr. Dan Keller, Cross Country Mortgage in Edmonds. That's it. I do not... Branch manager. I do not specialize in water. I specialize in mortgages. Exactly. Uh, you might as well say your MLO number. MLO number 115349, because we are going to be talking about rates. I'm sure that's why I'm here today. That is why you're yeah. here today. And you know, after you say your last number, I always say... Niner. Breaker, breaker. (laughs) So if you don't know, Dan and I had a radio show for years called Seattle Real Estate Radio. We were on KKOL. I don't even remember the, was it 1300 AM? Yeah, good memory. I think that was right. Um, So this is actually probably the first time we've been on the mic together on the air. We have the TV show, American Dream TV, but that's the first time we've been on the mic since that show. So welcome back. It's good to be back I'm on excited. air with you. I mean, the, the, I'm going to tell you these microphones smell a lot better than they did <laughs> than the <laughs> ones in the studio. studio. <laughs> yes, yes. So Dan, let's. Uh, the reason I wanted to bring you on, and the reason we all wanted to bring you on, was the mortgage market is kind of crazy right now. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things going on that are affecting rates, and I would love to understand, you know, the why behind that, mm-hmm. and then kind of where we're at. Yeah. So let's. We'll talk briefly about. The traditional markets. So okay. traditionally speaking, investors invest in stocks and they invest in bonds. Mm-hmm. And they typically work opposite of each other. So when the stock market is doing really well, there's less money flowing into bonds. Therefore, interest rates are higher. Okay, mortgage so interest it's kind of like higher. a balance yeah. between the two. Yeah. And then when the economy is not doing so great and there's less money in stocks, more money is in bonds therefore making the price of bonds more attractive, and interest rates drop, okay, mortgage interest rates drop. The other part of that, there's a the technical that I watch is the 10-year treasury, okay, okay the 10-year treasury yields. And typically they're at about two to two and a quarter when the market was, when mortgage interest rates in 2012 were really low at historic lows, mm-hmm. um, the 10-year treasury was at about 1.6. Wow. Well, Today is, what is it, March 2nd? March 3rd. Third? March 3rd, mm-hmm. yeah. 2020, and the 10-year is at 1.00. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I joke when I say this that the 10-year treasury is as low as we've seen it in 200 years, <laughs> 500 years, whatever you A want to say. Years. It's the lowest ever, which is... Since dinosaurs roamed the planet. Yeah, since they invented the 10-year treasury, I guess. So, <laughs> what, you know, and so we're in 2020, great economy, great stock market. Uh, why? Yeah, why? because it seems like it shouldn't be low. It should be yeah. higher because yeah. stocks are doing so well. Yeah, Got so it. that's why I said traditionally you have stocks and you have bonds. Mm-hmm. Balancing each other Balancing out. Balancing each other out. Over the past, I would say three years, let's just say four, okay. since there was kind of a whole shift in economics, presidents, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You throw out traditional, I guess, 
not common sense, but just traditional bearings and, yep. and how we advise people. So now it, it really, I think as a, as a mortgage professional, as a real estate professional, or as real estate professionals, um, it makes our jobs more valuable. Mm-hmm. I believe it's, it puts more focus on understanding what's going on from a day-to-day standpoint from, hey, we're out in the trenches, this is what's happening in the markets today, and here's the why behind it. Yeah. And I take a lot of pride in my business to explain the why. Yep. So right now with my clients, without confusing people, um, in our home buyer classes, we're calling this a gift. What we yep. have, it's really hard to explain why mortgage rates are really low right now. There are a couple of things that I think everyone needs to understand uh, might be contributing to it. Uh, the coronavirus mm-hmm. um, and the unknowns surrounding that is contributing. Um, the, the other thing is... I believe we all can agree at this table right now that the stock market has is overbought. It yeah. has been. I mean, what what it hit another record was it a few weeks ago thirty like near thirty thousand. Yeah, just crazy. Um, great if you're in the stock market, which I'm not complaining. But all good things must come to an end, and I think we're we're seeing that. And as we see that, money is now well. There's two things. We're seeing right now money on the sidelines, mm-hmm. big money on the sidelines, and then money pouring into bonds, which is causing rates to to drop. Interesting. So let's give a recap of where they were, like maybe over the last year and yeah. where they are now. You want to do that? Yeah, or about nine some months. Some sort of a compare and contrast yeah. is kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, nine months. Well, Jason and I were talking about this at the last homebuyer class about nine months ago. Up on the screen at our homebuyer class, we had an example, a budgeting example, and we had 5.625 at the interest rate for 30 year fixed rates and we all thought that and we were all educating not out of fear that this is where mortgage rates were headed hey the the Mm -hmm. glory days the heydays of low 30 year fixed rates were and a 5.5 5.6 30 year fixed is really not that bad but still i mean when i came in the business in 2005 that would have been a crazy low rate because that was they were like six seven and that was a great Mm -hmm. rate at that point yeah so yeah I mean, and then you look at the late 70s, early 80s, and they were at 18, 19, 20%. Yeah, the teens. Yeah. Yeah. Just crazy. So I've been in the mortgage industry, let's say a dozen years, almost a dozen years. And so when you talk about 30-year fixed rates being in the threes, my brain automatically goes back to 2011 and 12, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Economic collapse, housing collapse, recovery, artificially low interest rates. Mm -hmm. The government bought mortgage-backed securities and, and artificially lowered them. Fast forward 10, 11 years, and we're seeing rates back down at that level. And so right now, March of 2020, and this is why I said my MLO number, so mm-hmm. I'm just giving an example. This is not a rate quote, but I locked not just one rate. We've been locking a lot of rates. It's, you know, refinances. Part of my business is to help past clients. Yeah that purchased, if they have a higher than a 4% rate, I'm reaching out to them and just saying, here, we can save you some money and here's how. But we, over the last 24 hours, we've logged um, about a dozen loans at 3.375, 30-year fixed rate with no points or lower. And one of your clients, we gave a rate quote last night, three and a quarter, 3.25 with 0.40 discount points. Like, just insane. That's, yeah. And again, this it's is not insane. a rate quote. We're not going into the technicals that um, that help qualify for that. But I'm, we're giving an example here, which exactly. is just nine months ago, 5.625. Yeah. I mean, that's a big that's, savings. Yeah, that's huge. So the listeners listening that are buyers need to mm-hmm. understand that that 
really impacts the total cost of your money over time and your purchasing power right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, even from a week ago to today, when the same client that we were talking about last night, interest rate was 3.75. Mm-hmm. And today, or last night, it was 3.25 or 3.375. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't remember how much money that was a month, but that was hundreds of dollars yeah. savings a month just yeah. over a week Yep, that they didn't have to do anything for. It's just the market interest yep. rates got better. Yep. And unfortunately, we will see the flip side of that too, where yep. someone will be out shopping and they'll have a 3.25 rate quote for budgeting purposes. And then the market can change overnight. It can yeah. worsen overnight before it improves. I always warn yep. my clients that it took how many months for rates to drop to three and a quarter. Literally, it could go up to 3.75 overnight. Exactly. So just be cautious. Times like this, be cautious, be informed, make sure you're working with a pro. That's my best advice right now. Yeah. Well, uh, you guys have any questions, further questions for Dan? No, that was awesome, though. Yeah. That all very helpful. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming mm-hmm. in, Dan. I really appreciate it. Do you want to give your MLO number just to be super safe one more time, Dan? Yeah. It's always, <laughs> it's always good to... Double down on protection, right, Christian? Yeah. Um, MLO number one one five three four nine. Niner. Niner. I just wanted to say Niner. That's the only reason I made you say that. So, um, so everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Awesome in Seattle podcast. I hope you learned a lot. If you got any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Please, if you enjoyed this, like it. Uh, follow us or subscribe to us on your favorite platform so that the podcast algorithms know that you enjoy us so we will get bumped up in the rankings. Tell your friends. Tell your friends, yes. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.